up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are heading to Idaho to talk about Darren Aronofsky's latest feature, The Whale. A reclusive English teacher attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. That is the logline for this movie. Um, spoilers are ahead. This movie is brand new. It technically comes out, um, I believe, on the 23rd of December, which is when this episode will come out, which is really exciting. I got the chance to see it early. I saw it on on Monday. Um, nice. you, you saw it tonight, which is a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're absolutely going to be spoiling this. So if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, um, put this in your saved podcast or, or do whatever you do and then come back once you've seen The Whale. Um, I do want to point out the logline is very vague and I, and I do believe that's on purpose. We've had a couple movies on here like that, Ben, yeah. where it's just like, this person does this. And like, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's literally all it is. Um, I do want to say the reclusive English teacher, if, if you are unaware of what The Whale is, um, it is a film in which Brendan Fraser plays this uh, reclusive English teacher who is about 600 pounds. He's a, he's a very large man. He's living out his last week of life. Um, the movie starts on a Monday and, and ends um, on a Friday right before the weekend. Um, and he's trying to reconnect with his daughter through the week as, as he yeah. kind of um, tackles these big themes of, of what his life maybe has amounted to, who he has impacted, um, the ability he has to love others. Things like that. Um, his daughter is played by Sadie Sink. I do want to say we have an announcement. Uh, cool mm-hmm. shit coming to the pod next week, Ben. You excited? Indeed. I am so excited. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, last episode of the year, and I'm just looking forward to getting a 2023, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, 2023 is going to be big here on this podcast. So uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe, follow, whatever you do, wherever you get your podcasts. We have a really fun pod coming up next week with a really special guest that we had a, a really long conversation with. Honestly, that yeah. is um, really exciting. Lots of intricate knowledge about a very particular topic. Um, we've, we've been teasing this on Twitter. So um, if you know what it is, I'm sure you're excited. If you don't, you're going to find out next week, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then 2023 will be big. Um, okay. You just saw the world tonight, Ben. You texted yeah. me. You te- And I love this. I love it. I love <laughs> when you text me just like the most random things. You texted me. You just said, dude, it, like period. And I, was, yep. I just responded. I said, bro, period. And I was like, did you just, <laughs> did you just get out of the whale? And you just said, just period. Get, sp- spill it, Mr. Ben. I want to know your thoughts because I don't think I liked this movie. <laughs> I, I was well aware of that. <laughs> you're like, uh, we were talking earlier and you're like, I don't think Aronofsky's my guy. I'm like, that's cool, man. Like it's, I, I get it. He's, I feel like he's a very divisive director. Even mm-hmm. those of us who, enjoy him find you know some of his stuff like really kind of hit or miss um but i had a good time i liked it uh, i didn't have a go. good time this is not a good time movie. i'm sorry <laughs> let me rephrase that but like uh, this was a good movie i enjoyed this movie this is a fucking powerhouse performance from brendan fraser like this is nuts like he he's he's so good in this um you know personally i know the race for best actors up again uh, with a lot of stuff I still, my heart still kind of wants Austin Butler because I really just love what he did, but I would not be mad at all if Brendan Fraser wins this thing because like, it was just like, it was spectacular. He did a really great job. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's interesting. I I feel like just like a lot of Aronofsky stuff, this is also a very divisive movie. Um, You know, I think like there are people that are, you go on Letterboxd, there's five-star reviews, there's half-star reviews. You know, there are just, you know, people who say like this, movie gives into kind of fat phobia and fat shaming and just like 
you know, the, the, the bodysuit aspect of it, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I understand that, but, you know, I think like Aronofsky and Fraser have said like, well, it's just like the opportunity for them to get that out there on the screen as well. You know, like everyone's story deserves to be told kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was pretty powerful. Um, it wasn't, I don't know what I thought I was going to be, but it wasn't this. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, I know we're both fans of the big picture and, um, I think on there, Sean Fennessy made a really good point of, it's going to be interesting to see what Aronofsky does when he's stuck in one room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in this and this is like the first time that's happened, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it, cause it's, you know, based on the play and stuff. So it's just like a one location thing. We get a quick flashback, obviously to a beach a couple of times, but that's it. Um, and it's just, it's interesting to see how limiting that can be for some directors. And I don't know if it was, I guess I still am trying to figure that out exactly. But, um, overall I thought the performances were pretty good. I, I wasn't super high on Sadie Sink actually. Like she was like, for me, almost a caricature of an angry teen, you know, where it's just like, all right, like you can tone it down a little bit. Like like her first line in the movie, I think is like, so this means I'm going to be fat. And it's like. Yeah. And that's about as good as it got, Bold. you know, for the first yeah. like hour and a half, <laughs> like in the end, like, as we'll talk about in some of these scenes, like when she's talking to that missionary dude and then obviously the very final scene, like, I think she comes together and like, that's the kind of stuff I'm like, Oh, this is why they hired her. Cause I think she does mm-hmm. this scene really well. But the first hour and a half was like, dude, fucking tone it. Like, what is the, issue here it was, <laughs> like, it was unreal the, we we don't have it here on our short list but the conversation that her and thomas have at the table where she's like mm. telling him to take a hit of her of her bong oh. and like telling him to smoke weed and and basically saying like oh you know i'm gonna kill you and i'm gonna get you excommunicating the church and all this shit i was incredibly uncomfortable absolutely yeah. and i was just getting like flashbacks to to mother when which like when when the baby gets dropped mm. i i just Oh, it is just too much for me. And this was yeah. just like, I was literally watching that scene. Like, when will this end? Because I am not having a good time, like in a, in a very <laughs> bad way. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just continually like taking kind of the blackmail photos and just all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Like, if you don't do this, I'll call the cops and say, you tried to rape me just like all this. Oh. And, then, and then just instantly yeah. being like, well, I wasn't, I was never going to say it like whatever, just like brushing it off. Like, dude, this kid is <laughs> like going through it right now. So yeah, overall, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Uh, Brendan Fraser is obviously the best thing about this. I mm-hmm. don't really feel like it's in contention for best picture, but I can see him taking this award. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear more of what your thoughts were because you pretty much like suffice it to say, like, I don't know that Aronofsky's my dude <laughs> and I don't know that biblical allegories are my thing. And I was yeah. like, well. This one wasn't as bad as Mother, but it was there was some stuff there for sure. So what what were your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I did put a little kind of like a little review, like think through on TikTok. Um, I've been taking a hiatus on TikTok videos for for about a month, and I saw this movie, and I was like, okay, I got to talk through this because I couldn't wait until we recorded. Yeah. I was just like, I wasn't going to talk to you about it. I was just, okay, I got to put it out in the ether and and figure this and you out. Know I wasn't going to get on TikTok. Yeah. Like Ben's not going to see this. <laughs> I knew Ben was TikTok, out so. and I knew I was in the safe zone. Um, I will say very exciting thing did happen to me when I went to this movie. Um, speaking of TikTok, there is a, a mutual that I follow on there. Um, Brian, he, he lives here in Portland. Um, he was there and I saw him oh, like nice. we chatted after the movie. So I met like an internet friend in real life and that was Dope. pretty sick, honestly. Um, so shout out Brian, if you're listening to the pod. Um, so 
I didn't like this movie. I, I think that's kind of where I've walked away. You mentioned Aronofsky's not really my guy. Biblical mm. allegories like are not really my thing. I'm okay with biblical allegories. I just I want to be clear with that. I I am totally fine with them, but the way Aronofsky continually uh just beats us over the head with it is mm. a little bit much for me. So an example in this movie of like literally saying that you know, uh, Sadie Sink's character is evil. She is evil. It's like, I know, I know she's a, a bodily representation of evil, of hell, of, of mm-hmm. the bad things of the world. You don't have to tell me she's evil. And so that is the kind of stuff Aronofsky does sometimes where it's just like, did, did we really like, no, you know, and, and it's interesting. You mentioned the big picture and I'm, I'm not trying to riff on, on some of their thoughts. I, I completely have my own original thoughts, but like Amanda mentioned on there, you know, but not everything's a biblical allegory. We don't all need to be tied to the Bible. We're not all Jesus, like trying yeah. to trying to get back to heaven, kind of a thing. Um, yeah. which we will definitely talk about the last five seconds of this of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you real quick: the four three aspect ratio. Did it work for you? Did you like it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't distracting or anything. I don't know that it was like necessary. I don't know what it like added in my opinion. Um, but. Yeah. It was fine. I, I don't know. See, I actually thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the 4-3 because physically, Brendan Fraser's character took up the frame. That was it. Mm-hmm. He was he was big. He was yeah. the whale. And if you get yeah. a full widescreen on that, he is not taking up that much kind of negative space. So I thought that was pretty smart from, from Aronofsky. Um, Brendan Fraser's performance absolutely kills kills it in this movie for me. And yeah. I think it brings it up quite a lot in terms of like, me not liking it and then i see fraser's performance and i'm like damn it like that's really mm-hmm. good like that is going to make me kind of like this movie and i think the main thing for me and i'm curious what you felt cuz by the time that i got done watching it i i had tears for sure i was definitely mm-hmm. emotional as i think the intention of the film is we yeah. see in the trailer like one of fraser's lines of like i just want to know that my life amounted to something or you know something similar to that aspect he can dig deep and he is so like personable and he is so charming, I think, in that aspect where it's impossible not to feel something in that moment. I felt a little manipulated by the movie. I felt like I was just kind of like jumping lily pads from like one emotional moment to the next emotional moment to the next one and just like letting Fraser like play those cards. And mm-hmm. that was the only goal of the movie. I just, I felt a little cheated i feel like when i got to the end like i was emotional but then i was like i I don't like i don't know if like i connected with like the emotional depth of the movie i think it's just a really good acting performance you know what i mean so yeah i mean just want to clarify that i'm hearing you right like it kind of feels like a compilation of like really good scenes but not necessarily like a complete story kind of thing like or the through line whatever yeah exactly I i see that yeah i think we definitely saw a lot of his range there i mean the moments of um, you know, I think it's also in one of the trailers, but when uh Liz is like, I'm gonna stab you, it's like whatever, like yeah. my internal organs are like surrounded by two feet, you know. Hilarious, and, incredible. And then she like tickles him and he starts laughing and he has this ability to just turn on this laugh, like yeah. this charm, you know. It's like, oh my god. But then throughout the movie, whenever he laughs, like he starts like his heart starts going, you mm-hmm. know, and he's able to just like turn it really quick. So um, yeah, I guess I I mean, yeah, maybe I have to think about it some more. I mean, there really was obviously just like I don't know. It's also the thing I think when he's in literally, well, not literally, but almost every single scene of this movie, yeah. like there's, I feel like there's only one scene in this film that we'll talk about that doesn't mm-hmm. involve him. And he even shows up at the end of it. So 
yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of scenes of like, let's just let him, you know, shoot threes from the corner and we're just yeah. going to see how great Brendan Fraser is. And <laughs> That's it's been a great analogy. Him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, let's just like, let him do his thing. Um, and yeah, you, you know, again, like I like mentioned earlier, Aronofsky isn't known for his subtlety by any means. And this obviously didn't, this was no exception to that rule by any means, but, um, yeah, it's it, like, it's funny. You mentioned like the evil thing. Cause it actually like kind of, it worked for me in the sense that, um, she meant it literally the mom. You know, right. I think Brendan takes it like a lot of people do and they're like, oh man, that kid's evil. It's like, oh, he's just like a little shithead, whatever. And that's mm-hmm. like what Brendan's response is. And she's like, no, she's evil. <laughs> like she will like, yeah. like, and like, yeah, like her Facebook profile picture is a dead fucking dog, man. Like, yeah. so in that sense, it worked for me because it, that was just like, no, she's literally evil. Not just like a nasty teenager. Yeah. Um, but again, you, like you said, like it's, that's a very literal translation, like from any sort of like biblical you know, whatever meaning of the word. So yeah. I, I get it. It just, it just happened to work for me though. I was on board with it. I also feel like really torn on the aspect of, of kind of the the money of, of his character. So yeah. he, he kind of coaxes his daughter um in and basically says like, look, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to be here. I'll help you with your homework. Um, I'm a, I'm a professor. I can write your papers and, and I will pay you. I have $120,000 that I can give you mm-hmm. later on. It is revealed um, when his ex-wife comes over and they're all in the room together, that this hundred twenty thousand dollars was already being set aside for her, uh, yeah. for for the daughter Ellie, and he was already going to give it to her, and he is choosing not to use that money to help Liz, her his friend, to help himself to go to the hospital. He mentioned several times like he doesn't want to go into debt and doesn't have health insurance, all these things. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I'm caught kind of in this like no man's land. Am I supposed to feel sympathetic to him because he cares so much about other people? Or am I supposed to take the side that everybody else takes and view him as, you know, this this quote unquote disgusting, worthless eyesore of a person? Mm. Because Brandon Fraser, to me, plays into both of those roles. Yeah. And so I think in that moment, I was like, I, I, maybe I'm just like, what do I do with my hands? You know what I mean? And so yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. That's, maybe that's personally where I'm stuck. I'm interested to watch this a second time and see if I can take away anything additional um, or if my thoughts change at all. I wanted to ask you about this using kind of Moby Dick and Ahab in this story as this big motif for the storytelling because Charlie recites this uh, many times from, from Ellie's essay and that's kind of like what brings his heart rate down and ultimately ascends him to a higher plane in the end, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... Was Charlie Ahab? Was Charlie the whale? I know this movie is called The Whale. Where where did that fall for you? Or did you just kind of like push that to the wayside and just kind of like not really worry about it? No, that felt very much on the forefront. And my interpretation of it is he was the whale. Um, mm-hmm. Because as he talks about it at the beginning, you know, the purpose of Ahab was just like, I need to kill this whale. Once the whale is dead, then I can move on with my life. And so I kind of saw him almost trying to kill himself so that everyone around him could move on with their lives. So I guess in that sense, he was kind of both like I have to take care of myself, but more than anything, I just saw him as the whale, Um, you know, as the title says, just like once I'm not here, once I'm taking care of, so to speak, then everybody else can continue to move on. Um, So yeah, I guess he is like playing a little bit of both roles. Uh, That was an interesting way to see it worked in, Um, you know, knowing some of the religious tone that was going into it. I wasn't sure if it, if we were going like 
Moby Dick or if we were going like Jonah in the whale. Yeah, like, interesting. Go? So I was curious if that was going to happen. And like, we never touch on that at all. So it is all just like the Moby Dick reference. But yeah, I think probably saying he's both is like the best answer yeah. there. But um, <laughs> overall, I'm thinking it's like 75 whale, 25 Ahab. What about you? How did you take yeah. it? Yeah, I totally took it as both as well. And again, like, I think that's where Brendan Fraser can like play that line a little bit and like walk either sides of the t- of the tightrope because mm-hmm. when he does kind of get self-destructive, he is absolutely Ahab. He is trying to yeah. kill the whale. He is sick of being this whale. And then when he sees his daughter, a very specific point, when he talks or when he sees that she has written a haiku in her in her mm-hmm. journal, he is he is the the whale in that situation and he is not trying to kill himself and he's trying to go against that and and he's just trying to be someone living he's just trying yeah. to exist right without this kind of evil overtaking him um so i i think there's a lot to unpack i think it's kind of reminiscent a little bit for me of the lighthouse i think there's a lot to unpack in the lighthouse but i don't know if we ever get there at least personally i don't know if i ever get to this stage where i'm like Okay, I can I can pinpoint like A, B, and C. This is what we're trying yeah. to unpack and gather from this. I think that's like my biggest kind of issue with this is maybe there's so much like up in the air on this higher plane that Fraser's mm. the Fraser's literally trying to get to that that maybe that like it's designed to be that. Um, I'm not quite sure. My last yeah. question for you, Hong Chow is in this movie. She's also in the menu. She she balled out in this movie. Honestly, I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. Um, definitely like the the second best part of this movie you know yeah. um she was great i've only seen her in downsizing um oh, I I she's, seen that. she's she's pretty good in that for a movie that's not great she's great you know um so yeah I, I thought she was wonderful she was without a doubt like the second best part of this thing their relationship was really interesting we'll talk about some of the scenes with her in just a minute but she she had a very powerful arc here as well um especially like tying into the religious stuff so she did an, an amazing job. I'm excited to see more of her. Um, I don't know if you got this trailer for when you saw it, but um, we got the trailer for uh, the next movie that she's in from A24 with Michelle Williams. Yeah. Um, which showing is up. Showing up. Yeah, I just, just like watched that trailer up, so. on YouTube yeah. right now because I did not get that in front of my screening. I had, okay. a, I had a seven o'clock show. The screening started at 7.08 and I was like, this is money. Whoa. This is great. No trailers Damn. whatsoever. It was sick. I like that. That's but awesome. Showing up. Hong Chow is in that. Yeah. Michelle Williams is in that. It's the next next uh, A24 movie that, that we have a trailer for. Yeah. And she's also in the new uh, upcoming uh, Ryan Johnson TV show with uh, Natasha Leone. So I'm excited oh, for that as well. Let's freaking go. So, yeah. I'm excited oh. to get more of her for sure. That's exciting. Uh, okay. Let's do True Cinema. Let's walk through yeah. this movie a little bit. Um, I find this fascinating because you and I are definitely on different sides of the spectrum. So yes, we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, get a little get a little fired up here. So <laughs> we, we've got the intro scene. Um. Charlie, Brendan Fraser's character, is is essentially watching gay porn and jacking off. And then Thomas, this mm-hmm. this missionary, comes in at that moment um, and walks in on him. He Charlie has, te- you know, quote unquote, like finished, but his heart is like out of control. So yeah. he has Thomas kind of help him and give him the paper, which we find out is uh, Ellie's paper that she wrote in middle school about... Moby Dick and that's like what calms him down he says it's the best paper he's ever read I thought this was a very jostling way to start the film honestly yeah (laughs) I mean I did too and like this is no like 
sixth sense i knew it the whole time but once like he busted that out i was like oh that's definitely his kid's paper no <laughs> like, way okay exactly. i had no clue i had no idea oh, yeah yeah from the beginning i was like oh that's 100 percent what this is like he's not saving that from a student like that's definitely like his daughter his paper before but it was really touching though when the guy's like why are you having me read this he's like oh i thought i was about to die it's the yeah. last thing i wanted to hear i was like oh fuck like this guy's well aware of his situation obviously yeah. you don't get to 600 pounds like overnight so he understands um, but yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, jacking off and then fumbling about and like the phone falls under phone. the table, just all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was quite the way to just like kick us off into this movie uh, without a doubt. Yeah. It's a, it's a really sad introduction to Charlie as a character that he is relying on this absolute stranger who comes in through his unlocked door um, yeah. and, and finds himself in an incredibly awkward um, life saving potentially situation. Uh, next, yeah. next I have, uh, asking Liz to kind of get the, the bucket of chicken for him. That mm-hmm. is, is wild. We're introduced to Liz, which is Hung Chow's character. Um, she is, she's a nurse. She works night shifts and she comes over to Charlie and their, their friends. We find yeah. out later on that they are friends through Charlie's, uh, late husband. And, yeah. uh, Liz was the sister of Charlie's late husband, um, who, who passed away. And a lot of the film is based on. Charlie working through this trauma, which again, I, I, for me, it's just one too many things. It's just like, let's maybe just hone in on like one thing about mm. Charlie. Um, cause I really connected with that. I really connected with Charlie trying to figure out, um, you know, how, how the church, you know, supports or, or neglects somebody in a situation such as his and how yeah. he deals with the trauma like this and how it led to him being this way. I think there's a lot of complexity in that, but it, kind of gets buried and a lot of other characters and themes and, and stuff happening. Um, and then he gets a bucket of chicken. He devoured that. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real with you, Ben. He, when he yeah, took yeah. a bite, I was like, fuck, I could go for some looks fried good. chicken. Yeah, yeah. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanted this scene in here mainly because like, I think it showed us so much about their relationship Yeah, because she sits down on the couch next to him and puts her head on his shoulder oh. and they're watching TV. And he's like, Liz, then he, he says it again. It's like, you know, she can hear him. Yeah. And um, she's trying she's to not. Like, she's trying, she's trying to, to avoid to, him. Exactly. Yeah. She's like not responding at all. And then like, I think it's like the third or fourth attempt. It's like really kind of desperate. And so that she goes up and gets it because she doesn't, she knows yeah. that he's like killing himself. And that's what's so interesting is like between what he's doing and what his partner did, like they're, they're using food in different ways to kill themselves. Yeah. Like his partner like starved himself to death, you know, which is like so interesting um also like really weird side note um i don't know i think i saw this correctly but like i think his partner's name was alan grant yes his right? name was alan grant and it came up fucking wait, jurassic park exactly. I was like, you couldn't like change <laughs> couldn't come up with like, something else? <laughs> spelled exactly the same and everything i was like you're pulling a sam neil on me here like dude don't take me out of this movie dude, with the fucking alan grant it dude. was like, it was so wild when he opened that bible and i saw alan grant i was like okay sick where Jurassic Park yeah. is in this universe. Awesome. It really threw me off. I was like, oh God, like they couldn't have done one different name, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Even just Al Grant or something. <laughs> like, it was just so, so weird. But I, I just like that. Uh, obviously before that, I think that's when Liz, is that, is that when Liz meets the missionary? Like does she show up at the that yeah. very beginning and then like they kind of talk about like, I think she like kicks him out initially. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, he has no interest in the new life and, because it you know killed his partner and also like my dad's in charge of it all that kind of shit so just a great way to to meet this character for sure yeah definitely um ellie first showing up asking him to to write her papers 
Okay, I, I this is a this is an honest question here. You're you're fresh. You just saw it. Yeah. How and and this has been maybe this is Avatar syndrome because when I went to go see Avatar, Avatar is one of those movies where you're like, okay, I, I know what's happening, but how did we get here? Like, why are we doing yeah. the things that we're doing? Do you literally do you remember how Ellie shows up? Like, does does he call her or like how does she show up at that door? Because they're obviously estranged. They do not talk except for this moment right like this is the big rekindling i yeah i mean i would need to watch it as well but i think the scene right before we see her face he's like kind of going through his contacts on his phone like he's looking at his phone and looking at the contacts so i'm assuming it was implied that like he knows he's dying so he's like i'm gonna text her and try to get her to come over here whatever that's what i took from it but your point is valid where i was also just like am i connecting the right dots here or am I just making something up so this makes sense like it definitely wasn't clear enough by any means it's just like oh she's here and they haven't talked in 10 years so okay got it like this is where we're at yeah and I think I think I feel that way about the movie as a whole I think there's a couple very like convenient things that do take place Mm -hmm. that are very very play structural right because this is based on a play it is a one room situation and and it feels like things um, happen to keep us moving and to keep us going. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that I'm not like blanking on a massive part of the yeah. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, no, you're um, yeah, spot on. Yeah, when she first shows up, I was I think I was sold on her initially, and then I gradually got less and less interested in her character. Um, mm. She's literally just an asshole. She's just yeah. she's in, she's evil. She's terrible, and uh, and I. I, it's just it was just a tough watch honestly like it was just a really tough watch for from her character's point of view yeah it was just like so non-stop angry um which like i kind of get like when we learned that she that he hasn't been around for so long but <laughs> um but it's just like yeah you're coming in with a lot of heat for someone that you also in theory haven't seen in 10 years like, right yeah, or however long like, it's, it's been, like eight years like, i think because she because he left when she was eight and oh, yeah, i think, eight years, I think she's yeah, 16 yeah. now but there's like no tibbin no tibbinness there's no like trying to like read the room or anything it's the first thing like oh great am i gonna be fat now you know like that's just how we kick it off and then it just yeah. like escalates from there it's like jesus okay like i get like being mad but this is just like aggressive yeah way way crazy um grading papers in the kitchen uh, this is when Charlie is is kind of in the kitchen on the counter, uh, grading some papers as he does. Um, he reaches for some candy. Then he googles his symptoms that Liz has kind of helped him. Liz, right before this, takes his blood pressure. He has like an absolutely horrid blood pressure. He googles yeah. this. He googles a, a medical condition that she mentions, and he he had put the candy bar away. And you're like sick, bro. Like you you can do this. You're feeling good. And then he yeah. googles all this shit, and then he picks it up and he just. I've never seen someone eat a three musketeers faster. I was like really impressive work from Brendan Fraser. Like I hope the Academy is like, that was a fast, that was fast. Eating yeah. that three musketeers. Um, There's no spit bucket on that. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. like some, a lot of this stuff. I'm like, Oh, he's eating this shit for real. He's eaten. Um, and then he kind of goes into this, he goes into this Ahab mode. Right. And, yeah. and um, I think this was, a, I think again, like this was, Kind of a, a tough scene to watch. It worked better for me than um, some other scenes did, um, but it is still hard to see someone switch so quickly to yeah. to becoming self deprecating and self violence um, that he just he just shoves the entire thing in his mouth. Like in less than a minute. Like the scene starts out like he opens the drawer to his left, and it's like basically like a neutral. It's like a fruit. Yeah, bar. it's like a fruit bar. Yeah, <laughs> and he looks at it and he just like shuts it, and then he goes to the drawer on yep. his right, and it has like 
a package of full size three musketeers and like all kinds of shit. Yeah. And he pulls one out. Then, yeah, you see that moment of just like, you know what? Hold on. Like I, I heard what Liz was saying. Maybe I need to take better care of myself. I'll Google it. And then it's just like, now nah, you're basically dead anyway. He's like, okay, well then yeah. fuck this. Like, I'm just going to like eat all this. Aww. Like if this is, I mean the, the advice for his like blood pressure was call nine one one. Like that's like what it said. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. there's no fixing this at home, man. Like he's you done. need to go to a hospital. Yeah. So then he's just like, all right, well I'm just going to embrace this then. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next I have Charlie choking on the chili dog. This is wild. Hung Chow is is pulling some serious nurse shit in this one. Yeah, yeah. Flips him over, tells him to like get on his elbow, get on his side, and she literally literally takes her whole fucking body and jumps on him multiple times for him That's to cough nuts. out this like bite. And then we sit there. And I think this scene I really enjoyed because because we sit there with his decision and we sit there with him trying to figure out I almost just died. Liz literally yeah. fucking saved my life. And I'm still going to go back and eat more of my chili dog. Like that, yeah. that is literally what we see the gears turn and process. And, and that I was just like, Oh Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus. It's like, you know, he's not going to die an hour into the movie, but the, the like long hold that we have on him as he starts choking and Liz is talking in the kitchen, but he can't like make any yeah. sort of like, you know, noise. So she has no idea. And he's just like slowly choking. Like, Oh my God. Like, this is such an intense situation that he obviously would also face if he was alone. Like, what do you do here? And then, yeah, her giving him like the, you know, kind of like altered CP or Heimlich kind of thing. And then once it's out, he's like, chew your food like a regular fucking person, you know? <laughs> and then she picks the stuff up off the ground and, and then just hands him. it back yeah. to him. And he's like, all right, you know, I'm back at it. I was like, oh man, like you were literally seconds from death and you're like, well, I lived. So I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. So. And it's, and it's, again, I think it just adds to the toughness of this watch is like, it's very tonally divisive. So like in that moment, it's hilarious what Liz says. Mm -hmm. That's, that's hilarious. And like, you want to laugh and then you're like, okay, but I'm, but I'm laughing at the fact that like someone is literally heartbroken that one of their best friends is killing himself right in front of their eyes and yeah. you don't feel good about it. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe I feel a little dirty. Maybe this movie makes me feel just like a little blood on the hands, you know, where you're just yeah. like. And and I'm I'm you know not as concerned with you know the the reviews and the articles and the pieces on on the fat phobia and all of those things. I think that's a, a kind of a different segment, but it just makes me it makes me feel a little bit you know kind of kind of dirty on the on that side. Yeah. Um, Liz talking with Thomas on the front porch. Thomas keeps coming back. Liz just lays into him on the front porch and gives us the full down low on Mr. Alan Grant and yeah. his history and is basically like, yo, the church sucks like the church killed mm -hmm. my brother and this is terrible and then charlie comes out and is like liz you gotta we gotta dial it back yeah that i mean that's such a reveal too and we see that charlie's just sitting there at the front door yeah. because her line before that is like he's gonna die before the weekend yeah. you know yeah. it's like i'm the only thing that can save him god isn't gonna do anything and then we just cut and he's like sitting there in the doorway listening to this whole thing it's like oh man yeah it's like it's super powerful like i think that's something you know having grown up in a religion um, you know, they're no longer part of, but that's, I, I, besides being evil, I do relate to the Sadie scene character in the sense that like my, my dad came out as gay, you know, like yeah. later, you know, obviously after I was born, divorced my mom, all that kind of stuff. And it is interesting to see like what religions, how they can switch on people and change on them. Yeah. Be like, Oh, you're not doing what we want. You're out of here kind of thing. And the effect that that can have on others, as we see in this movie, like it, it holds that effect on, 
his partner and her brother. Um, and then how that just continues to trickle down because like if the church has been like, okay, that's cool. Like this wouldn't be a movie, you know, yeah. like they would just be living <laughs> happily ever after whatever. But instead like he stars himself to death. This other guy's eating himself to death. The sister is experiencing both of these things and taking care of both of them. and just has to like be here mm-hmm. in the forefront of this. And it's just like, man, it is so intense. Um, so, so her just getting the, the low down, you know, on this kid and letting him know what's happening. It's just like, this isn't as like pure as you're trying to make it seem like this, this isn't for him. So stop doing this. Yeah. The, the abrasive nature of this conversation and one other scene that I, I don't have here on the list, but kind of, it takes place later between Thomas and Charlie when um, Charlie, you know, presses Thomas and is like, yeah. look, I was part of the church. I've read everything new life has ever made and printed and, and be honest with me. Tell me, what you see. Tell me that I'm disgusting. Tell me that I am a piece of shit, essentially. And Thomas Cates and 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 basically says, Yeah, that is exactly who you are. Um, it's it's really interesting thematically to to play into that like hard switch that the church might take on somebody, depending on a life circumstance. Um yeah. and and I and I really I like those two scenes kind of paired up. Uh the next one is Ellie talking to Thomas through the door. This is a big monologue from Thomas. I didn't really know what Ellie was up to the first time she starts recording him. And, yeah. and I was like, cool. She's like, cause she's already doing weird shit. She's like taking pictures of them and posting them on Facebook and specifically like taking a picture of Charlie. And is like, look at this fat fuck. That's like my dad. Yeah. And it's like, like, wow, that's, it's just a lot. And then she records this. And Thomas basically says like, I'm not a missionary. I ran away from the church. I stole a bunch of money and, and now I'm stuck and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then it later plays out that, that Ellie saves him essentially. and. Do you think she does that? Because I know that's a talking point. He, you know, Charlie says she did it on purpose. She saved him. She wanted to save him. She wanted to send him home by telling his parents and telling the church what he did in these things. Do you buy that? Do you buy that that she is the epitome of evil, but she saves this person that's Thomas that she literally has known for three days? No, I like <laughs> she did it on purpose on purpose but to expose him not to help him exactly you know and that's like kind of what thomas says to him too she's like i don't know if she was trying to help me or expose me whatever and like charlie's kind of laughs it's like yeah man like (laughs) i yeah the fact that you're even questioning this i think answers the question for you you know because yeah she was just trying to like get blackmail just like stir up her own shit like things are bad enough in her world so she's gonna make things horrible for everybody else so it just happened to turn out that like this was a benefit for him because he was able his secrets were told and he didn't have to do it. And, you know, and then it's like, okay, well now it's all taken care of and they're cool with it. So, yeah. So yeah, super powerful scene, obviously like leading up before that, when she's like coercing him into like smoking <laughs> pot and yeah. stuff. And then just all that, like kind of connection there. It's just so interesting to see how it all played out, but dude, she's evil, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she definitely is. Uh, Charlie writes, uh, this, this is kind of the, where we start to see the third act kind of start really taking the pace. Um, Charlie has essentially gone full Ahab and he, he's just like the fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm going to die. This is the end. Like, and, and I think one of the, one of the bigger themes that does work for me as well is this idea of, of honesty. And it's the scene I just talked about where Charlie kind of presses Thomas and is like, be honest with me. Mm -hmm. Tell me something honest. And he presses Ellie. He says, Ellie, just write something honest. Just be honest about what you think and what you feel. And later in the movie as well, he kind of reads some comments of his students that are that are honest. Because of this yeah. moment, he he writes out this big, long post and is like, fuck the papers. 
fuck this term, write me something honest, like in all caps. He he then gets fired because of it and loses his job. Um, but it's a really telling moment when he just kind of like gives in and maybe realizes like maybe he hasn't been true to himself. Maybe he hasn't been true to what yeah. he wants or what he wanted his life to be and what he knows it could have been. Yeah, no, I think it's a great read on it. I could yeah, took that as just like him not being honest with himself. Um and I guess just trying to get that out of other people. I thought this was a really powerful scene. It was yeah. interesting to see him like write it all down. Like you said, like fuck the papers, fuck the reviews, like write me something, write me anything. Just write me something that's fucking honest. Like that's all I want, you know? Um, because like earlier when he's like reading Ellie's paper, you know, it's like, Oh, you, you're not like deciphering the poem. You're just like, this is a list of facts. Yeah. He was like, yeah, thanks for, thanks to Wikipedia. <laughs> you know? And he's just like, what like no this is the like write something from your heart you know so yeah. that's as an english teacher you know as a whatever professor obviously that's like really true and near and dear to him so i thought that was a super powerful scene obviously that was great yeah i liked it uh, i kind of i kind of talked about our, our next scene mary and charlie's conversation mary is his ex-wife um they have a very endearing scene together and she she kind of rests her head on him and he he basically says i'm dying and look this is this is the end for me this is coming mm. and and she responds fuck you and they have a really interesting conversation i think i think the dialogue felt um a bit stiff for me in in parts of it and i i think there was a couple moments in particular where i was like oh that that was an an inter- interesting choice or an interesting way to move around the house and you know kind of the constructs yeah. of the one room or something um, but I did like that we kind of got this family element back into it and kind of expands Charlie's world a bit. I think that added a lot of depth to his character, especially when you're nearing the end and you know, you're, you're, tr- you're trying to reach heaven and you're trying to reach yeah. total inner peace. Yeah. It, it was a real interesting dynamic because I think you can see throughout this whole thing that Charlie still cares for both of them. Yeah. You know, that's why it's just like, oh yeah, I've been paying my child support plus more, you know, like I've been doing all this. I think he just realized what he did was interpreted as like such a selfish act. And that's why he's like, I'm not going to take myself to the hospital and like spend 10 of this $120,000. Yeah. Like I've already done a selfish thing. I'm just going to like, whatever I have to like pay the price now for what I've done. Um, and we kind of see that in this conversation, but yeah, we see the moments of like, Oh yeah, these people like loved each other, you know, like when she lays, you know, her head on his chest, like to hear his, his wheezing and stuff like that. And they have those conversations um, and that was another one of those great moments where like, he's recounting a story, um, about him, like his legs bleeding on like, yeah, the minivan yeah. chair seats, you know, starts laughing. And then just like, again, like his heart starts to give out. He's like, Oh shit. She's like, Oh man, he's, he's really crushing this man. Yeah. He's good. He's going, um, final two I have on here when he turns on the laptop camera for his students, for his class. And it's kind of along those lines of, of honesty and, and what, yeah. what he really wants to be. And I think that's important to recognize the closer we get to the end of the film that, that he does realize maybe, maybe what he is and, and who mm-hmm. he is. And he kind of um, takes that in stride. And then the final scene, the, the, we get the final moments where Ellie comes back. He's, he basically starts to die and she walks to the door and he begs her basically don't leave. Don't go. Yeah. He starts to stand up and walk towards her, which is something she pushed him to do in the very beginning of the film. And he could not mm-hmm. do it. He starts to do it and his heart starts to go and basically gives her the paper and it says, you know, says, read this. She is really confused, doesn't understand. He walks all the way over to Ellie as she's reading this. They have very tender moments together. And then 
fucking Darren Aronofsky just plays plays the ace and is like, yo, I'm Darren Aronofsky. And then he Fraser ascends to the heavens and a white light. Yeah. You literally see his his feet lift off of the ground and you get a big bright white light and that's the film. Um, mm-hmm. What is your take? What is your read? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I've seen this is like the moment where people are like, this did not work for me or, you know, oh, this is really worked well. Yeah, I mean, so to go to the laptop one first, like I think that was a really interesting scene. We had like some unfortunate um, moviegoers in there who just couldn't take any of like his shirtless scenes or anything like that. Like they were just like giggling the whole time. Like, oh, you guys, assholes! like, what did you guys think this movie was? You know, like they were just like, (laughs) they got shushed multiple times. It's like, oh, this is not like being played for, you know, this isn't Fat Bastard and like Austin Powers. Like this is a very (laughs) like serious like terminal issue. So that was kind of a bummer because like, I thought that was such a powerful scene of him. Like, all right, I'm going to show you guys everything. Mm -hmm. And then something you said early on in our podcast history, I was like, Oh, this is an a 24 theme. Like does he have to (laughs) fucking kill himself in front of all the students or something. You know, it's like, we haven't seen a gun yet in this thing. But I was like, Oh, I'm like, Aronofsky isn't necessarily like the shock value, like ending person. But I was like, fuck, man, is something about to happen where he's just going to like off himself in front of these students? Because that's the first shot of the movie is like, is yeah. the zoom yep. black. And so when that happened, I was like, you know, we're, this is we'll again, pull, like, this is a circle, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, we're going to have book again this. I'm like, okay, so we're going to end with him probably showing himself. But then I was like, oh, fuck, dude, what is he going to do, man? You know, and instead so he just like throws the laptop. But I think it's like, it's a really true and like sincere, vulnerable moment that he, he gives to his students, which I think is great. Speaking to the ending again, like another great full circle moment from, you know, that first time when he's having the missionary kind of read this, he's like, Oh, I thought I was going to die. So like, I just wanted to hear this one last time. And then it actually happens, you know, but he gets to have the person who wrote it, read it to Mm -hmm. him. Um, And I think he knows like, these are his final steps. Um, I like for me, I didn't need the flashback to the beach. Okay. Like I, I didn't need that part of it. Like, we we taking very slow steps. The last step is like the water hitting his foot on the flashback. Yep. Um, and then, you know, his feet start to rise. I'm like, oh cool. It's like when he was talking about the story earlier when he went in the ocean, like that's pretty awesome that like they did that. Obviously he died on the walk over there because he's dead now. Like he saw the flash of light. So we but we flash to white and then we come back and it's like him at the beach, like out of focus. You can't really see anything. Yeah. It's just like one shot that's there for like five seconds and then it goes to white again and then we're done. It's like, I don't know if I needed that <laughs> last part. Like you, again, like this is the point of like the subtlety. It's like doing the close up of his feet and the water coming up. You told us everything you needed to. Right. We don't need part. another. Yeah. You didn't need to go back and be like, guys, he was at the beach. They're like, that's what he thought when he died. <laughs> Did you it's just like, see yeah, that? He's at the man. beach. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we were all watching the movie. So like <laughs> that didn't work for me in that sense, but the scene overall worked really well. Cause it's like, yeah. cool. Yeah. This is what he, this is this was literally his dying wish. Like, yeah. let me die listening to this and it gets to be read by my daughter. So it's great. Fraser is great in this scene. And I, and I think yeah. it's, it's really indicative of, of his ability. My question, my thought process with this final scene is, is something that is kind of tackled throughout the movie, but in, in a more subtle manner, I felt like is this selfishness versus selflessness. He cares a lot about other people and he wants to see other people happy. That's why he saves the money for Ellie. That's why he does a lot of the things that he does. But he also has this sense of, of selfishness that, that maybe he indulges towards the end. That's maybe why he shows the students. And maybe 
this and and I'm I'm stuck thinking about this. And again, I don't know if on a second watch I might think differently or it might become more concrete. I know it is supposed to come across as um very kind of interpretive and vague and and pull what you want from it, but I saw this as him acting in total selfishness and finally getting the thing that he wanted and that's what ascends him to that higher plane. That is when he feels suffice to die, to pass away. It's not yeah. because of what he's done for other people, but it's but but it's it's what he has wanted from other people, which I think can play on a multitude of levels. Like someone in his situation, it does mean a lot when someone fulfills a dream of his or someone it mm-hmm. acts in a in a very loving and tender way towards him. So I think it does fulfill something in him. Um I just think there's a lot more to unpack there that maybe not all of it works for me. And maybe it again just feels a little grimy. Um I'm gonna go with the laptop camera scene as my true cinema ma- a cinema moment because I think it's really interesting and and I think it's played really well if you watch a lot of the students they all have different reactions which I think is yeah. is very important to note and then he throws the laptop and he he essentially calls it and says that he's done um and then there's one like my new it's it's in the trailer but it's when he turns around and you know is is wailing and basically literally wailing and says you know I want to know that my life amounted to something I need to know that I have done one thing right with my life. Yeah. It's impossible, at least for me, it's impossible not to choke up at that scene. So yeah. I think that is kind of my, my A and B scenes there. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think that's a, for me, that moment, seeing it in the trailer was like, oh, that's super powerful. I'm also afraid this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. And yep. we've yep. already seen it. Um, It still hit pretty well, but it's just like, I wonder how much more this would have hit if we, if we didn't, didn't know, know it was coming, Ugh, you yeah. know, but also it's like their all their trailers were so reserved and like minimalist that it's like they had to show people something to get mm-hmm. them in the seats. Mm-hmm. Cause like that first trailer was like, oh, I think just all static shots of yep. like the surrounding area, you know? So it's like, we don't really see much and they've had one promotional photo this whole time. So like they had to give us something, but I was like, Oh damn you guys. Like, I feel like you just like, showed us like the best part of this whole thing and that's always kind of a bummer to to get that in a trailer but it still worked pretty well um for me also um i mean a lot of these are so good the one we haven't talked about that was really just like <laughs> it's when he goes like full ahab i mean the dude makes a fucking dorito sandwich oh my god yeah we get this incredible <laughs> montage of him just eating himself to death him just trying to like yeah i mean he's like stacking two slices of pizza on top oh, of that each was other wild bro. and then just sits at the fridge with the door open pouring ranch on there i'm like oh he's like this is his version of suicide yep, like yep. he is gonna literally eat himself to death so that whole montage was just like kind of breathtaking to watch him do that because again it's not like it's not necessarily like a gluttonous thing he's, of he's like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm just going to eat, blah, blah, blah. He's like, nope, I'm, I need to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And this is the only way I know how to do it. Um, so that was just like a really powerful scene. And then again, also it's like, I've never seen a Dorito sandwich with grape <laughs> jelly. I was like, dude, that's I like at the props for actually yeah. eating that and putting that in your mouth, like for the scene. So, um, but yeah, it's hard not to go with like, I just need to know that my life amounted to like doing one thing right you know yeah. that was such a powerful scene yeah that's when dan the pizza man sees him and shout out dan i thought dan was a real one and they turned out to be an ass so you know yeah, r.i.p r.i.p dan the, yeah. the pizza man <laughs> um, okay two a1 acts and then we'll grade and then we'll get out of here uh a1 act obviously we're gonna cover brendan fraser he he is yeah. making the comeback this is it this is a big moment potentially could win an oscar let's roll through real quick encino man school ties younger and younger airheads the scout 
Glory Days, George of the Jungle, Gods and Monsters, Blast from the Past. Uh, incredible film. I know you've seen that movie, uh, Ben. It's, oh, I love it's it. on your voodoo, right? Walking? Yeah. Dude, yeah, I love Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past is great. Um, don't don't give away my pick already. <laughs> hey, I, I assumed it was off the list. Um, the Mummy, <laughs> Bedazzled, The Mummy Returns, Looney Tunes back in action. I remember seeing that in a dollar theater with my grandma. So Brennan Fraser oh, has nice. been has been around for me. Um oh, yeah. Crash, Journey to the Center of the Earth, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, Adventure to the Center of the Earth, Ink Heart, Extraordinary Measures, No Sudden Move, and The Whale, of course. What are you gonna go with, nice. Ben? You know what I wish I could go with is Batgirl. I wish oh we had been able my to see god, that. dude! Me like too. What do we? God, he was probably awesome. He was probably that. incredible like, in that movie. If there's any way for James Gunn to get that back and release that, that would be James amazing. Gunn. I know he's listening. Put it. He's listening. Come on, James Gunn. James, like and subscribe. <laughs> Make it um, happen, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have to go blast from the past. That's got to be That's my cool. pick. Um, it's a close one A one B with Airheads though, because that cast with like Sandler and Buscemi, yeah. and um, it's a solid one. But blast from the past is like. It's super fun. Yep. Um, that's a great flick. Yep. I love Blast from the Past. I'm going to go with The Mummy because I remember watching The Mummy all the time as a kid and just like enjoying every second of it, just like constantly watching The Mummy. So Can I uh, be vulnerable with you? Absolutely. Never seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, man. I've seen the Tom Cruise The Mummy, but I have not seen the Brendan Fraser that's, The Mummy. <laughs> that's tough. I feel really bad for your your idea of what The Mummy might be and should be. Um, I tell you, the the Mummy with Brendan Fraser uh, is, it fucking rips, honestly. It's really, it's I mean, really, I love really the ride. good. I know that. The ride's awesome. Rachel Weiss is super hot in that movie, and, yeah. and he's battling mummies in Egypt. It's pretty sick. We got to go. We got to do yeah. a live a live. Watch along, dude. Let's do That's it, the man. move. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Darian, Darren Aronofsky, we got to put this on here. We've talked about him here. We've talked about him previously leading up to The Whale. We've got Pi, Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, The Wrestler, Black Swan, Noah, Mother, and The Whale. I did not know that this is Aronofsky's first movie in five years. Mother came out in 2017. Oh, Next wow. film is The Whale, 2022, which I thought is fascinating. Um, it's been a minute. So I think, yeah, I think that's really curious. And and I do think it's it's awesome for A24 to kind of to, to pick that up and to kind of get this group of people. Um, what are you going to go with, Ben? We talked a little bit off air earlier about like, oh, we, we like some of them. And, and yeah. we all know you like Mother more than I do. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, I really love Mother. Somehow, like the only one I haven't seen on here is The Fountain. Like, I feel like okay. I need to see Same that. here. Same here. Yeah, I need yeah. to check that out. Um, for the technical aspects of it and just the great performances, I'm going to go with black Swan. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie kind of like blew my mind, like what they were able to do with all like the mirror tricks and all that kind of shit. It's like, dude, what is happening here? Like again, someone who works in video daily, just watching that. I was like, Holy shit. I can't imagine <laughs> what it took to like film this stuff. Like that is insane. Um, and then, you know, just Natalie Portman is great. Um, Oscar winning. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And watching that movie and, with some grandmas on the same row as us. So when they start like making out on the bed, her and me like, goodness, like <laughs> they got up and left. Like that was the, that was the final. That was the straw. Them. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. That's, I didn't realize you guys had a limit, but that was it, I guess. So, um, yeah, I like black swans probably what I'm going to go with here. That's uh, I think that's pretty funny. Um, let's see. So I do think it's interesting. Darren Aronofsky does, uh, Darren Aronofsky does have a history of of getting I like Darnowski. Darnowski. That was Darinowski. good. Darinowski. That was That's like a fruity yeah. slip. That was good. That just yeah, happened. Yeah. That Darnowski. I think we got to trademark that. <laughs> um, I he does have a history of getting actors to best to to winning Academy uh, Academy Awards, yeah. to winning Oscars. Yeah. 
The Wrestler, Mickey Rourke, was nominated. Obviously, you've got Black Swan, um, Natalie Portman won, and then potentially The Whale here with Brendan Fraser. So it's interesting to see that he does have that capability. I'm also going with Black Swan. I think it is probably one of the sickest, coolest final scenes of of a movie in the last like 10 years. Um, I think it's incredible and in the way that it plays into the movie. I do really like The Wrestler, though. Like, I, I think Mickey yeah. Rourke slaps in The Wrestler. He's really, really good for uh, he's, me. Yeah. He's awesome in that movie. That's such a good one. So, yeah. yeah I think it's, that's also that's a great choice. That's a good one. Uh, okay, 824 ranking the moment of truth. This should be very Here fascinating. Here we ben, are. you want to go first? You want me to go first? <laughs> I want you to go first. I got to figure out where I'm falling with this. Uh, okay, sounds good. I think you hit it on the head a little earlier. I think I like moments. I don't like the sum of their parts. Um, I think there's there's definitely good performance from Fraser in this. I think it's just a little too packed, a little too um, you know, out there for me. And um this is tough because cause I had high expectations. I think this was the I think both you and I did. I think we were like, Yeah, the whale. Like that movie's gonna hit. It's gonna be yeah. Oscar material, it's gonna be really good, it's gonna be all of these things. It is getting pretty critically panned um in general and on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it sits at a 63% critics and a 94% audience score, which I think is really interesting. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with, um, well, I'm going to go with a, uh, I'm going to go with a, a C plus 24. I'm going to go with a C plus. Okay. I, again, I think there's moments, but I, I think if you're looking for something like this, if you're looking for something allegorical and something a little kind of left of center, something emotional, something powerful. I think there's a lot of other A24 picks out there that are that are just better. I think Fraser is really good in this. I don't think that grade is indicative of his performance, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, as a, as a project, that's that's where I'm going to land. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think that's solid. Um, I'm going to maybe do like a, a whole letter grade up. I think I'll do B plus 24. I love it. Like that's where I'll fall with this. Obviously, a lot of it falls on Fraser's shoulders yep. um and his performance there. So yeah, I'm gonna go B plus twenty four overall really positive on it. So yeah, that's where I'm gonna go. That's good. I res- I respect that. I think that's good. Um and I liked I like a little discourse between you and I, you know? We we it's we thought differently. Have. This was nice. This was a good a good episode, dude. We often fall in the same letter. We do grade, often you know, so it's good. Um I'm going back through here like some of our stuff that we've had <laughs> and it's like the only other time actually that we've been different that I can see like right a full now, letter grade different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to guess what it is? Um, something we if you think about it. I'm sure you'll get it, but something we've recently, it's, I know it's spring breakers. It has to be spring breakers. Oh, uh, well we weren't doing that at this time. Yet, oh, okay. But, right. Um, that was the old rating system. Uh, that was already, I'm not system. sure. I, I don't know. I can't remember. The witch. Fucking the witch. The witch, man. <laughs> it would be none other than the witch. It was the witch, yeah. So, yeah, you know, obviously I love this a whole lot more than the witch. Um, but I want to hear what everyone else thought about the whale. Um, you know, this is coming out the day that it gets released. So hopefully everyone's able to go check it out and then listen yep. to this. Let us know what you think. Let us know where you think Brendan Fraser falls on like the best actor run. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of A24. Also, don't forget about our YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces Ooh. on there now while listening to us. Yep. And happy um, just, holidays. Yeah, happy holidays from yeah. us here at 24 Minutes of 824. Really exciting. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Thanks again for everyone for your support. So, yeah, I'm Ben Lawhorn. And I'm Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. Bye.